0: Welcome to Seaside 101, Season 2.
1: We're your hosts, Brody Hillman, Ryan Verosa,
0: and Abby Nofield.
1: This podcast is a collaboration between Seaside High School, Future Business Leaders of America, and the City of Seaside.
0: For Season 2 of this podcast, we are going to continue to deep dive into what makes Seaside, Seaside.
1: Our goal is to educate the public and inspire people to get involved in their communities. On today's episode of Seaside 101, we'll be talking about recreation opportunities in Seaside.
0: For our first guest, we have Skylar Archibald, General Manager at Seaside Parks and Recreation Center. Well, welcome. Um, you're, you're our first guest.
2: Oh my gosh, really? Yes.
0: Yeah, our very first. So well, I knew
2: you guys just started, but I did not know I was going to be first. So. Surprise! <laughs> Thank
0: you. No, we're a little antsy about it, too. Like, we're, we're getting familiar. But yeah, we're excited. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Sure. All that fun stuff
2: so uh, my name is Skylar Archibald. I'm the executive director for the Sunset Empire Park and Recreation District, which is uh, headquartered kind of in Seaside, but serves the residents and guests of South Clatsop County. And I've been in this role with the Park and Rec District for a little over seven years. Grew up mostly here. We moved down here when I was a kid uh, from Washington. Went to high school here at Seaside High School and moved away after high school to college and lived a, f- a couple other places. Been back for a little while and yeah, yeah, I love living in Seaside. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to move back here eventually once I got a little older was because there's so many recreation opportunities here. There's a lot of beautiful things to do outside. I know the weather is kind of not everybody's favorite especially this time of year. I think it's pretty manageable compared to other parts of the country where there's a lot of heat or natural disasters or things like that. So yeah in my role I oversee all the programs and operations of the Park and Recreation District and I report to the Board of Directors our special, it's called a special district, and our special district is unique. It's, it's separate from the city of Seaside. We serve all the residents of the city of Seaside and then uh, other folks that live in uh, the southern half of Clatsop County with programs and facilities and other types of services. So it's, it's a really fun job. There's something different to do every day.
1: My first question is, what is Sunset Empire, and what kind of events does Sunset Empire host?
2: Yeah so Sunset Empire is a Park and Recreation District. We are given our statutory authority in the Oregon, it's called the ORS, the Oregon Regulations and Statutes. It's a document that um, gives us the power to provide park and recreation services for our community. We are able to receive some tax funds from the residents of our community and in turn we try to provide things that they want. Uh, The the Park and Recreation District was uh, established in 1969 so way older than all of you and older than me too, thankfully. But it was really started to form a pool. Seaside residents at that time really wanted a pool to help uh, train um, and provide programs for kids so that they would learn how to swim and stay safe Mm -hmm. in the rivers and oceans around here. So that was really important. Uh, And then our programs and events, we do a ton of different stuff. I think we try to have a really wide array of of programs. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of special events. We're obviously really known for the pool and almost everybody in the Seaside has been to the pool at some point or uses the pool. Over the last few years, we've really branched out and started providing a lot of youth programs. And uh, that in that category would be like our preschool, our after-school programs, summer camp, and some other stuff. And then we have a lot of special events, things like the annual egg hunt right around Easter. We just had our fall fun fest to celebrate Halloween and lots of other stuff that we try to do just to keep people busy and engaged and build a
1: build a sense of community around here. With all these events, what events do you think, like do you enjoy the most?
2: Yeah, personal favorites. Well, I don't necessarily, I'm not a good runner, but I like to run, I like to be outside. So the running events I think are really fun. We have like our turkey trot on Thanksgiving morning. That's always been uh, something that's really special to me to see a couple hundred people out there enjoying community on Thanksgiving morning. Sometimes the weather is awful. But it's also a really great way to start your day. You know, you're going to probably overeat later, but you can come and run or walk a a 5K. That's really fun. I'd say a couple of the other events that I really like a lot would be the egg hunt. We had the pleasure of hosting a new event the last couple years called the Chalk Art Contest. And that was really cool. We uh, teach people how to do chalk art, and then we kind of cordon off a section of the prom, and they get to go down and design something, and they can color on the prom uh, with their chalk art, and it's it's really fun. So, yeah, there's pretty much about one special event that we have every month, so we try to stay busy. But my favorite list, but I like them all.
1: I have a question for you. Uh, what is one recreational activity that you wish people knew more about, and maybe why is that?
2: I wish people knew more about what we offered at the pool. I know that's kind of basic because that was the reason why we were formed, sort of our bread and butter of the district, but there's really a lot of stuff that goes on at the pool that I think people can take advantage of we try to offer, you know, aquatic fitness classes. We have a really robust swim lesson program. We have our own swim team youth uh, that are learning how to swim better and more at a more competitive level, and then we also host the Seaside High School swim team. And then there's a bunch of other really fun programs and classes. We have this program called Pinkball, which is kind of like volleyball in the water that uh, folks play a couple times a week. So, yeah, I'd say just learning more about the pool I think would be beneficial and I've I've found in my experience uh, here that there's something really therapeutic about water, about going in water and recovering uh, using water. And it's uh, really a timeless way to stay in shape and stay active for folks, even folks that might have you know, a bad knee or a bad ankle or uh, struggle with mobility. The water is a really awesome way to kind of help them be active and feel uh, the power of recreation.
0: What opportunities are Sunset Empire and the district continuing to create for the people in our community what are some things that you guys hope to expand upon some things that you have kind of coming up stuff like that
2: yeah so i think the biggest thing for us is we try to be really responsive to the needs of our residents it would be silly for us to just have stayed a pool starting in when the pool opened in 1977. if we were just a pool i think that would be great but i think there's so many more opportunities that the people here want to have for uh, a park and recreation provider so we work really hard to provide some of those services. I think we're really excited about what we've been able to do at the old Broadway Middle School, and I hope we talk about that a little bit more in the future. But I think just some of the stuff that we're doing there, providing youth services. Uh, one thing that we've done recently that I'll, that I'll share, I'm super excited about, we've always had, for the last like couple of decades, we've had preschool. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really important program for us, and we know uh, there's a lot of families in our community that need that. But we started providing infant and toddler care actually just last Last week, and we got a lot of grants and support from our community to start providing that. But to be able to serve a three-month-old all the way up to a kid that's in, you know, fifth grade and he's coming to us for after-school programs, see some of those same kids as they mature and get older, that's that's really fun. That's awesome. Really cool. And you guys know probably, I think, been around this community for a while, how special that is to get to have some of those experiences as you get older and have the community support you in that way.
0: My FBLA project last year was my partner and I did a business financial plan. And we had to create an at-home daycare.
2: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. financials and
0: everything. And yeah. it's but it was something that our community needed. And yeah. it was like at the same time where a couple major daycares had shut down and stuff like that. So it's really awesome mm-hmm. that you guys are able to get back into that. Uh, what are some parts of your after-school programs that you are keeping the same? And what are some things that you're hoping to bring into them?
2: So I think the biggest thing for us has been the acquisition of the middle school. We've labeled the new building as mm-hmm. the Sunset Recreation Center. And that might be a temporary name, it might be the permanent name, we're not sure. But just to be able to have that space, we were providing the after-school program before, but it was in the Seaside Youth Center, which Mm -hmm. is a much smaller space, like about 3% of the total SRC or Sunset Recreation Center. So now to have that space with classrooms, we can program in there. We have the large cafeteria and library we can do activities in when it's wet out. Mm -hmm. We have two amazing gyms. One that's like super classic, everybody loves, and then the new gym is great too. And we can start using some of those classrooms. Like, so we have a classroom set up for kind of arts and pottery programming. So the kids get to do some of that oh, stuff cool. uh, after school. They get to, get to move their bodies more with kind of like PE type activities, games, play dodgeball. We'll play you know other sports and activities just to keep them active. I think another big part of our program, a lot of kids don't have access to enough food. That's a pretty sad and hard thing. So we try to provide you know healthy snacks and healthy food for them, get them uh, in a good spot so when mom or dad comes to pick them up at the end of their day, they can go home. They're, they're tired, physically mm-hmm. tired, but they're emotionally happy and they've, they've spent some good time with us and have some really good mentorship from adults around. Our youth program staff does a really good job of fostering really healthy relationships and be a support for them, uh, you know, like a coach would trying to help them grow and progress as young people.
0: What are some of the goals for that building long-term?
2: So it's been a whirlwind. Yeah, we acquired the (laughs) building in January, 2021. So we've Mm -hmm. had it for almost two years. And our initial period, obviously, we were right in the middle of COVID. And so that was kind of a weird time to do a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do. We cleaned and kind of uh, got rid of some of the stuff that we didn't need. Try to sort through some of that. We were lucky enough to find a tenant for a lot of the space. Someone that we're renting uh, part of the building to. That's the Northwest Regional Education Service District. So they provide some of those uh, support programs for education. And that's really awesome. And they've been a great partner to work with. Shortly after that, we moved. Like I said, our youth programs, our after-school program, as well as our preschool, over to that space and utilize the classrooms there. I think you guys probably all went to Mm -hmm. that middle school, so you know there's there's a part of the building that's older and that was uh, built in the 1940s. We're really using the other part of the building. Mm -hmm. That part of the building is in really good shape. So that's been really awesome just to have the space filled up, have the kids in there, be excited about the opportunities there. Uh, Over the past year or so, we've started using the gyms a lot for pickleball, volleyball, Mm -hmm. basketball. We've rented the gyms a ton to uh, the PBL, and that's a big part Mm -hmm. of our community and keeping kids active in the winter as well as Bringing a lot of tourists and visitors here to contribute to our local economy. So I think there's a ton of stuff that we've tried to do. In the long term, what we're doing is trying to plan out how best to use the building in the future. I think the template that we've set is pretty strong. But now we need to move some of our other programs, fitness mm-hmm. programs, especially but, uh, arts and culture programs and some of our other activities over there to that location. And then we need to figure out how we're going to address some of the shortcomings that the building has by being so old. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the, the roof is not super great. It needs new windows. It needs a new, like, heating system. But once we get through those things, I think there's a, a couple of big chunks for us. But once we get through those things, I think the building will be able to serve the kids, the residents of Gearhart, Gearhart Seaside, this whole area for another, like, you know, 50 years, which will be really awesome. Yeah, and just, uh, again, having that indoor recreation space for our community, it's so needed here because of the weather and because, you know, you guys, athletes here, keep the gyms and facilities here really busy, right? And it's not like you can come and shoot some hoops or play volleyball with your friends up here. There's not a lot of other gyms you could go Mm -hmm. to. There's, you know, there's health clubs and things like that, but we're trying to provide services for the entire population. I think this building will give us the potential to do that
0: well it's funny we're all just talking about how we all wanted to learn how to play pickleball like like literally right before you got in here we were talking about how cool it would be
2: i'd be happy to help you we have a couple times every week where some folks play and they'll show you the rules they're all they're well there's different skill levels but they know the rules really well it's a super fun game yeah i've played it a few times and what i love about it is the the ball doesn't go very far when you miss a (laughs) shot so that's really nice and it's Kind of a nice blend of like, yeah, ping pong, hand-eye coordination, and competitiveness. It kind of hits a lot of buttons for me.
1: Well, we're kind of on the topic of youth. How affordable is it for youth to get involved with these different activities we're talking about?
2: If you looked around, if you were like a parent that needed care, after-school care or preschool, look around. It's really expensive. It's hard for a lot of those families that need it. That money not, might not necessarily be there. And I think that's one of the reasons why child care is such a hard thing to provide here. Because... In order to charge what you need to make your business survive you have to charge a lot and that's not really sustainable for a family that has their 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 child or their children enrolled in your program so what's unique about us i think is that we're able to subsidize our programs with the the tax revenue that we receive we're not expected by our board to generate 100 percent of the costs of the program what we can do is try to generate some but rely on uh, the tax revenue that we receive to to make basically make up the difference. And that really helps us keep those prices like pretty low. And then the other thing that I'm really proud of that we do is we have a foundation that works with us, the Sunset Park and Rec Foundation, and they have their own separate board of directors and it's five volunteers that really work hard in the community, they have their own jobs and stuff, but they help fundraise for us. So we'll host events and we'll do letter writings, letter writing campaign and things like that, go out for grants and that those funds help provide some scholarship funds in our in our account so basically a, a family that has a child and wants to wants to participate in preschool or something like that which can be a high cost they can apply for a scholarship and get up to a 50% like tuition waiver we work with those families and try to make sure that their needs are met they have some requirements placed on them in terms of volunteering in our program to give back it's a pretty good fit and i think by and large we like I said, we really try hard to keep our programs and services accessible to our whole
1: population. So in what ways can community members like us three get involved with Sunset Empire? So
2: I think there's a number of different ways. If you wanted to get involved, I would say you could participate in any of the programs like pickleball. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn how to play pickleball, we can set you up. We even offer the gym. Just uh, We can set the nets up and you guys can... Kind of just play around yourself, even maybe without some tutelage or experienced players helping you. You can just kind of learn and have some fun. There's tons of different programs that we offer, though, for people to get involved in. And we really work hard to provide programs for children, younger people that okay. obviously mm-hmm. uh, are, are active, and then older people, too. We have a lot of our, our experienced population in Seaside that has had life experiences that are really valuable so there's, there's lots of different kind of types of programs they could be involved in, but uh, one of the ways that we're always encouraging people to participate is through just volunteering. You can volunteer lots of different ways. We always need volunteers at our special events, always can use volunteers uh, helping with our grounds, our maintenance, you know, we have a big chunk of property that we're trying to maintain with kind of a skeleton crew. I honestly think service for potential people could be as an employee. I know that's not necessarily maybe volunteering, but for somebody that's retired and maybe they just wanna give back to their community, We can teach and train you how to be a lifeguard or teach and train you how to work with our youth programs, how to work in our preschool. And you could do that a few hours a week and really give back. And that's one thing actually that we've struggled with over the last couple of years, like a lot of businesses in our community, is being staffed and having enough employees. And then there's also involvement opportunities with like our foundation, our board of directors. Typically, there's five people on it, but they have vacancies and it's an elected position. And then we have a budget committee that we have to fill each year as well. So there's lots of different ways people can get involved.
1: In a typical year, what are the, some of the most popular activities that actually happen with SOMSA Empire? Great question. Well, I guess I'd like
2: to say all of our activities are popular. Different Different levels of popularity. Yeah. In the past couple of weeks, we've had two really popular events. We had our we had our fall fun fest recently. We had over uh, 400 people at the SRC for That's awesome. You know, kids dressed up in their outfits for for Halloween. We had a you know, all the traditional Halloween stuff. A couple of weeks before that, we uh, had a new event that we partnered with uh, Consuejo Español called a Latinx hispanic heritage celebration and it was latinx month celebration month uh, from september 15th to october 15th so we partner with them to provide a really cool event with music dancing uh, cultural food and just other available things so those were really fun and big events yeah there's there's a ton of stuff again i I mentioned the turkey trot but i think that's probably one of our signature events Mm -hmm. we have people that don't live in seaside but come here on vacation for thanksgiving every year and they always come participate and then just a bunch of runners. It's, it's cool to see three or four hundred runner walkers running down the prom on Thanksgiving morning. Sometimes yeah. the wind is you know blowing sideways and <laughs> rain and stuff, but it's just a, a fun event. Like I said, good way to start your Thanksgiving. It seems like you answered
1: a lot of our main questions for us. It seems like Sons and Empire is really good at making their programs accessible to both the youth and the elderly at the same time and make sure that everybody can be included.
2: Thank you. Yeah, that's one of our goals for sure. It's in our mission statement to provide services for our whole community. And obviously here, it's kind of unique. We want to serve the kids for sure. We have lots of older adults that we want to serve too. And then there's that in-between population. It's a challenge, but it's a, it's a really fun challenge.
0: Where can people access the the links, the resources? Sure. How can they listen to this and be like, yeah, I want to do that. Where do I sign up?
2: The easiest way, I think, our website is a great place to do that. We try to make it uh, user-friendly. It's mobile-friendly, and you can actually register for all of our programs through that. You can call the Sunset Pool front desk. The number is 503-738-3311 and talk to an actual person. Or you can always come in to either the pool. We manage the Bob Chisholm Community Center, which is like a block away and the Sunset Recreation Center you can go into any of those facilities sign up for turkey trot, get information about preschool or a water fitness class or anything that you'd like. One thing we found here is we kind of have to have different avenues for people to get signed up for things Mm -hmm. and get their information about us. There's some people that are like all Facebook, some people use our program guide, some people are all radio ads, so we try to kind of hit a lot of things just because we have so many different types of people here.
1: I heard you talk about the Fall Fun Fest. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what that is?
2: Sure. It's a traditional Halloween event, kind of geared towards elementary school kids, but we take everybody a lot of people dress up in their halloween costumes and they come we'll accept either a a small cash entry or uh, some food that we'll donate to the food bank and they come uh, they can paint pumpkins do some other kind of traditional halloween activities cakewalk and music we have a best costume contest so yeah who won best costume oh it's on our facebook page i'm not sure if i can state their name but yeah Mm -hmm. there's some really good costumes
0: What recreational activity do you think has progressed the most, and why do you think that is? If I was
2: speaking on behalf of my employer, I would say just indoor fitness activities, I think, is where we're seeing, like, the biggest need. And that could include something like pickleball or basketball, but also, like, personal fitness group fitness classes, cardio and weight machines, you know, for your own your own thing, I think. COVID has definitely impacted like everybody's ability to fellowship, so I would say from a from what I've observed and what has fit me personally, I like to cycle and hike and uh, run a little bit, and so I think those are the the areas that are growing the most in our community. We have lots of people I think that are moving here from other parts of the state or from other parts of the country and they are here because they like the trails, the beaches, the mountains, you know, doing stuff in the ocean. So I think that's the other area where it's growing is people kind of being adventurous, getting out, you know, doing some of those things that we have closely available to us here. I think just from a background perspective, I think there's a ton of really good career opportunities in this field and it's a really fun field because you get to work in sports and really helping people have better healthier lives and you're building a great community with everything that you do so it's super rewarding to have this opportunity to kind of do something where you're giving back it feels like you're really volunteering when you're at your job but I think there's a ton of opportunities around here for that and like I said just incredibly rewarding so encourage anybody that wants to maybe pursue this or might have an interest to talk to me or there's some other local people that have backgrounds in this and uh, we can get you more information. You can go to college and get a career in it or education in it or you can figure something (laughs) out what, what fits best.
0: Who or what inspires you the most?
2: Great question. Who inspires me the most? So I have five siblings and we all grew up around here and I'm really just impressed continually by my family and um, who they are as people. They're all different and unique, but I have two sisters that are teachers and they're awesome people and uh, really amazing. Uh, I have two brothers that are really awesome people and have just done amazing things with their career professionally. And another older sister that's Just means the world to me. She's uh, a really strong leader and just a really great mother. Then my own parents, they still live here close by, and I get to see them. They're actually retired about a year ago, so they come to the pool, and they take a water fitness class, which is... It's kind of a little bit awkward, but it's, it's great to be able to be close to them. I have my own family, too. My wife teaches here at the high school. She's a culinary teacher and my own kids. I think just uh, having an opportunity to watch those folks, those uh, people in my life that I'm closest to grow, experience cool things, that's, that's really inspiring. That gives me energy and uh, makes me happy. It's a big family, but that's probably my biggest inspiration.
1: You feel that they played a big role in what you're doing now and where you're at right now?
2: From my parents' perspective, probably not. I mean, they didn't <laughs> discourage me at all. They kinda said, you know, we'll support you in whatever you try to do. And I, I honestly had about four different future jobs when I was in college. Kind of stumbled onto this. But when I was a kid, like I knew I wanted to work around sports and recreation. Like I was the kid that used to listen to Blazer games in my bed on the radio, made my own box score as I heard Bill Shawnley like talk about the Blazers. And so I always knew like I, I want to work in sports and recreation. I want to in that environment because it's really fun and it's not going to feel like a job to me and they always let me let me do that and let me kind of pursue that and as I found my way a little bit I had a lot of other really great mentors and professional development opportunities and being back here and being able to serve people like you guys as well and all the other folks that live here it's really it's really fun really rewarding and really meaningful to have to have some of that
0: thank you so much for being our first official yeah. guest that's exciting yeah, yeah. for all of us I think yeah
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for choosing this topic. And, yeah, best of luck as you interview folks the rest of the year. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: For our second guest of today's episode, we'll be talking to Lexi Hallahan. Lexi is the owner and teacher at Northwest Women's Surf Camps. So
0: yeah, go ahead and tell us about like who you are, what you do, and then go ahead and define that for us. Hello,
3: so good morning, I'm uh, Lexi Hallahan. I direct Northwest Women's Surf Camps and Retreats, and I've been doing that for almost 20 years now. Um, I like to think of what I do as a facilitator of fun, empowerment, and connection. The questions that you guys have come up with are so wonderful because it's all about how to get people to recreate. My definition of recreation is a little different. I think it is recreating. And if you go back into the Latin word of where it came from. It's called recreer, which means to create again or to renew. And that's the way I've always thought about recreation is how do you recreate yourself? So it's like what kind of activities somebody can do that allows them in their leisure time to explore things in a curious way and to bring... You know, quality into their life, pleasure, contentment, fun, excitement into their lives. And so by being able to recreate or recreate, you actually have that opportunity. When I think about community, the common definition of I it mean is basically what you would think of as a group of people living in the same place or same sharing a same characteristic or maybe something that they do together, attitudes or interests. But I've always thought of community as common unity. So when I go about trying to recreate or recreate something and offer events like I do in Northwest Women's Surf Camp, I do that in a way to try to connect people also. So they're not only recreating themselves, but they're also getting an opportunity to connect on a deeper level and create that common denominator. Um, Something that I've been working on for a long time is what I call PLAY. And what it stands for is precious, loving attention to yourself. So precious, loving attention to yourself is something we learned as little kids. But uh, somehow as we become adults, it becomes harder sometimes to just play. We get so filled up with our structure in our lives, our work, our business, our school, our kids... caregiving, whatever that we're doing, and play becomes further and further on the bottom of our priorities. And I'm here to tell you that I think it should be up there on the top, because if we can learn to recreate and create common unity, then we know how to play well actually elevates our lives and our own well-being and our
0: health. So you said you've been doing this for 20 years. How did that start?
3: Well, I was running Clean Line Surf Company for about uh, almost 17 years. I was Josh Gustavich's general manager, so I was already into like the surfing world, and he hired me, and so I helped him develop his business out the... 16th year I was working for him. I had been working really hard to try to get more women into surfing and so worked with local surfboard shapers and had them start designing like Lanny Schuler, starting to design women shaped surfboards and then we were working with a company down in Santa Cruz, California uh, named Hotline and Brenda Scott who was a big wave surfer lady who owned that company and that wetsuit company was manufacturing wetsuits in California instead of overseas in Asia and so we worked with her back in like the early 90s and said you guys need to start making cold water wetsuits for women because it was something that nobody was doing at the time and about the 16th year I told Josh well we've created these surfboards for women, we've got wetsuits now for women and we still can't get very many women here locally to want to surf and I said I think what we're missing is the instruction part of it and if we could teach women in some way and start teaching them I think more women would enter into the sport. So in 2005, I left Clean Line and started Northwest Women's Surf Camps. So I had an epiphany. We had a two-day event with a group of women and girls. Two days, and the second day event, I had an epiphany. You guys know what an epiphany is? Yeah. So it completely changed my life. I was out in the water, and I went, "Wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm Supposed to be teaching women to surf, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be running surf shop company. I'm supposed to be running, <laughs> teaching women to surf." And so with that, I uh, that winter put together a business plan and started up my Northwest Women's Surf Camp set next summer. So That's kind of how it started.
1: So where did you hold these camps?
3: Well, the first summer I only offered three, but they were so popular that I um, added five more in the first summer and they were just day camps that would run from like nine to five kind of thing. And most of those were being held at Seaside Cove down at Avenue U along the sandbar there. Mm -hmm. And then the second summer I started taking them down to Oswald West State Park, which you guys know as Short Sands. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we started off was there. Those are still the two main places
0: that we teach. And what are like the age groups for the people you teach? Well,
3: with that first few years, we were mostly focused on just teenage girls and women. But the second summer, men were coming up to me, dads and families saying, would you offer lessons to families and kids? And I went, we haven't yet, but we should be. And so ages now, we teach all ages. For six, we have the six to 12 for the little kids groups. Teenagers and adults are in all of our group sessions, all of our camps. And we teach up to 65. And there's exceptions for people, sometimes up to seven. But I have to kind of screen them and make sure they know what they're getting themselves into physically fit-wise. Because if we're going into Oswald West and they're an older person, I just got to make sure they can carry their board Mm -hmm. and the backpack and the gear and it's not way too much physically for them to do. But yeah, I've taught people and they're... 60s and even early 70s.
1: How do you guys encourage participation throughout all age? Each-
3: we have a really great team of coaches. And so there's nine of us women that coach. And we all come from experience of surfing and bodyboarding because we offer bodyboarding too do now. And I think we set an example of inclusiveness in our camps. And so no matter, each person is like a unique cup. And when they come to a camp or a lesson, that we're going to give them heavy cream. So they're going to get 100% sweet heavy cream. But each person has a unique cup. So one person might be more physically challenged than another maybe they are a little overweight maybe they just haven't been very active so their you know cardio isn't up as much as another person so you've got kind of all these people right that are coming so as long as we show them inclusiveness and as coaches and we kind of show them right from the beginning we're here to have fun but we also want you to be safe so we spend quite a bit of time on the beach with them like with the surf science the skill building so we're not just throwing them out in the water here's your board and wetsuit okay go for it you know and like everyone's like what, what am i supposed to do we want to teach you all that first and um, then have you actually practice it on the beach so that you feel like, oh, I understand what it's expected of me. So when I get out there in the water with my coaches, I don't just feel like, oh my God, I'm so freaking out because it's like big waves and I have never held a surfboard before. So we want to kind of move that curve so that when they're out in the water, they feel comfortable.
1: Definitely. So who or what motivates you to stay active?
3: What motivates me to stay active? I think it's just the overall feeling I get from being an active person. So my mom got me at a very young age dancing at age two. And she got me into ballet, and um, I've been in dance my whole life. And there's just a quality about being active. You feel physically good when you're active. You emotionally feel more settled and balanced. I feel like when I'm active, I feel um, more mentally clear. Just being active. I can tell if it's a really rainy dark day and it's kind of forcing you to be inside. I get a little stir crazy. It's like I gotta get out, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I gotta put on rain gear or do what I gotta do, but I gotta get out of and move and feel like I'm breathing and outside and
1: So how have your surf camps progressed over the years? and what's one thing that maybe's progressed the most, and why do you think that is?
3: So I'm kind of an old hippie. So I was born in 1960, and so I kind of do things organically. And so when I started my business and I had my business plan, I just knew that I wanted to offer surfing, but I wasn't really sure how to go about it. So I spent quite a bit of time researching online, kind of seeing what um, other people were doing. And for me, it kind of started organically. Like I said, I started kind of with those day camps, but then I added surf weekenders, and then I added group surf lessons, then I added week retreats, and I was taking women over to Kauai for a number of years, and then I was doing Oregon retreat. It just kind of, I've allowed it to kind of expand organically. Before each summer starts in the winter, I'm kind of thinking about what worked really well for the previous summer, and then things that worked really well and expanding on, and things that maybe didn't really take off. I kind of evaluate and decide, is it worth putting any more energy into that, or is it just not something that anybody's really interested in? What is
1: one activity that you wish people knew more about and why?
3: So, if you're a physically fit person, so Samantha, these are some of the things that you can do here locally. Surfing, bodyboarding, stand-up paddling, canoeing, kayaking, body surfing, skimboarding, hiking and trail running. There's lots of state parks. Clamming, crabbing, fishing, night gazing up at the cosmos. It's free. I love things that are free. Just going out, having a star guide or a telescope or even a pair of binoculars. Uh, what's really become popular lately is pickleball, which you guys might know about, and they're trying to do some pickleball courts here in town. Frisbee golf skateboarding and BMX biking. We've got three amazing parks in Astoria, Cannon Beach and Seaside. You've got mountain biking. If you need to find out about mountain biking, um, North Coast Trail Alliance now out at Cloochee Creek has amazing trails out there. Think of all the ball sports that we do locally. Soccer, baseball, softball, football, tennis, basketball, ping pong, racquetball, handball. Then you've got martial arts, jiu-jitsu, karate, even women's self-defense offered um, in dance. We've got Zumba, hula, ballet, modern, jazz, tap, square dancing, folk. got gyms that offer athletics and weight training. Two things I haven't really seen here yet are parkour and slacklining, but that's something that I'm hoping, you know, maybe we can start seeing some of that. So that idea, if you go online and check out all these people that are jumping off things, you know, <laughs> so cool. I don't know why they're not jumping off things here because we got lots of places to jump off. Maybe they're doing it and I don't know about it. Slacklining would be really cool. When I was down in Santa Monica, along the beach there, they've got like for the public to use slack lines, which I thought was so cool. And they've got rings and hoops and all kinds of things that you can do right there on the beach. And then I was thinking about community members that have mobility challenges or that are limited in some ways from doing some of these activities. There's so many others. It's a treasure trove here on the North Coast. We've got bird watching. You can literally do that from your car, your wheelchair, your walker, or by walking with a cane. There's dozens of spots throughout Clatsop County. And also for people who have mobility challenges or limited activities, one of the treasures that we have here is Seaside Promenade and it allows us, people of all mobility, to use the Promenade. It's a wonderful place to walk, bike, roll your wheelchair. There's benches. Uh, You've got Tai Chi, chair yoga also offered. And then one of my wonderful inspirations in my life is Neil Main. He used to be a high school biology teacher. Now I just call him amazing conservationist and uh, wildlife photographer. Wildlife photography is something everybody can do. If you want to get an idea how much wildlife is here in our local area you can just go to the library and ask to see Neil Main's photographs and he's got amazing albums on the tables there you can check out. And then of course there's chair aerobics and strength training also offered. But the other one I want to excite you guys about is earthing. Have you ever heard of earthing or grounding? So this is the idea and it's been therapeutically shown in science now that by going out and putting your actual feet and your body on the earth. You draw in the energy and have positive effects from it. Through the science, they've actually shown that it can reduce your inflammation, pain, stress. It improves your blood flow, your energy, your sleep, and it generates a greater well-being. And it's basically all you have to do is take your shoes off, go walk on the beach, walk up in the forest, lie down, stargaze, watch the clouds. That in itself is an act that is so beneficial for everybody's health.
0: And what kind of like events and activities do you think bring our community together the most? most? most.
3: Well, I think COVID was a struggle because it was so hard to get people out together in groups and stuff like that. But I'm hoping they're going to bring back the annual picnic. I don't think they've done that uh, since before COVID. Um, So that was a really cool way at at Broadway Park that brought out a couple hundred people every year. I love the firehouse fundraiser that they do every year at Seaside Firehouse. I think that's great. Of course, beach cleanups I really enjoy doing. And I love all the summer music that they offer over at Quadit Park. And I also like the um, art walks that yeah. they have in town.
0: What do you think is the best way to connect people with our community? Like people maybe who are just moving here or something like that. Like if you could recommend one way for them to like learn about Seaside and get involved in Seaside, what things would you encourage them to do or try?
3: Yeah, so I think if we can do more as, as COVID starts lightening up more for everybody and stuff, I think the more that we can do those annual events like the picnic gathering is really important to do. I've always felt it would be a cool idea too for like having a time where they just invite all the parents and the kids maybe the junior high kids together for a gathering where they can kind of be a meet and greet. Do
0: they do anything like that? Mm-hmm. I, I, we used to, yeah, there should be but we like, like open houses and stuff like that, yeah. but we haven't really mm-hmm. since COVID, that's basically. COVID-19. Yeah, I think there should be more
3: outreach, too, for our Hispanic community. So they're not such an invisible part of our community, but are seen as a really vibrant part that's as an addition to it.
1: How affordable is it for all the members of our community to get involved in different events and activities?
3: It's amazing how much stuff is free. So we have all these wonderful state parks. Most of them don't charge to go to, so there's a huge way to just go out and be in the state parks. I'm an avid photographer, so of course I'm always taking my camera along with me. Um, A lot of times there's community events that are free that are being offered. Are you guys KMUN listeners at all? I'm not particularly. Okay, so this is a resource you guys should tune into. But KMUN, which is 91.9 Coast Radio. They are great at telling everybody what is going on in the community, Uh, not only Clatsop County, but also sometimes into Tillamook and up into Washington. So they are great at broadcasting out into the public about like fun cool opportunities that everybody of all ages can be part of. Oh yeah, and I want to also say art galleries. We have, we are so lucky on the coast that we have so many art galleries. When Tom and I moved here in 1985, there was hardly an art gallery anywhere, maybe in Cannon Beach. That was it. My gosh, there's, I would say, dozens of art galleries now if you think of Astoria, Seaside, Cannon Beach, Warrington, even Gerhardt. Yep. So if you're an art lover, just get out there. That's all free. You just go to, and a lot of times they'll have glass blowing events or artists that come and they'll actually do some kind of like like a little workshop that you can go to but yeah there's so much out there when well, you guys got me thinking about it it was unbelievable like what sort of my mind started spinning about there's no reason not to be active in this community <laughs> really Absolutely, doesn't. there's so much fun stuff to do
0: all right and our final question for you today is who or what inspires you the most Gosh, I have to say that there are
3: several people in my life that inspire me the most. I'm going to do a shout-out to Mary Blake, who was the the director of Sunset Parks and Recs for many years. She is just amazing. She's a trailblazer in our community. She's the one that told me, you just go for it, girl. Everything you want to create, it's all about whatever you want to do. You're limitless. You can do it. Um, Neil Main, shout-out to my great friend Neil Main. He inspires me every day. Every conversation I have with him, every wildlife image I see he takes makes me realize I need to look further and further and see all the beauty and everything that we've got in our area and my husband really inspires me he's a great surfer, great water person overall we've been together 40 years and all that time he's just been my little coach telling me if I get freaked out surfing or something happens out in the ocean and I get a little bit freaked out by it he's always the one that's telling me like this is what you gotta do to get get back out there you know so those are probably the three main people that really inspire me.
0: That's awesome, awesome. well thank you so much for coming in today yeah, it was, too, it was great guys? to hear so much about really what drives you and the ways that we can get involved and how other people can get involved too. If you want to listen to more episodes of the podcast, follow us on social media, or email us about the podcast, click the Linktree link in the description of today's episode. You can also find posters with information about FBLA and the podcast located inside the businesses of today's guests.
1: If you want to learn more about how things are run or wanting to get involved in your community, Check out www.cityofseaside.us to stay updated on the latest of what's happening in Seaside, Oregon. Production and editing completed by Brody Hillman, Abby Nofield, and Ryan Verosa, Coordinated with the help of Mike Verholz and John Rail. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Seaside 101.
0: Once again, we're your hosts, Abby Nofield,
1: Ryan Verosa, and Brody Hillman. Signing off until next week's episode.